uh, I was thinking about uh, something that, that we were blessed with uh, this, this year, and I want to share that with you. And, and um, hold on with the PowerPoint. I'll let you know when I get that up. Um, my, my daughter, Tracy, works uh, for the city of Long Beach uh, City College. And uh, she, I guess, came across, as she was walking through the campus, uh, the, the president of the college there, and uh, just decided, you know, I guess got a letter to speak with him and say, look, you know, anytime you guys are ready to uh, get some new computers, we're more than willing for our school our, our, uh, to uh, take the, the ones that uh, you're done with and, and we could use them. And he said, yeah, okay, well, I'll keep it in mind. Send me your information. That was last year. And so uh, we got a call. She got a call uh, this year. And uh, she was told, okay, uh, we got your message, and we're going to be uh, donating to you our uh, 50, about 53 computers to your school. And so uh, we've got, let me see if I got the information, because I want to make sure I got it right, maybe. Uh, nope, didn't get it yet, so there you go. Uh, there's the, the campus that she works at. And these are the guys, the IT guys at the city of Long Beach, who got the computers ready in two days. They worked on them, cleaned them out, did what they had to do to get them to us. Uh, 53 computers, I think it's about right. And so uh, now they're in the classrooms. And, uh, you know, our, our kids in our school are going to be able uh, to utilize our computers, praise God, all the way from, from I guess, kindergarten to 12th grade. And so we are so, so blessed and excited for them to be able to have uh, the access that, that uh, we, they haven't had before uh, in the classrooms. And so uh, we're, we're excited about that. Look, at they fit perfectly in the desks, and uh, there they are set up and ready. We'll get them ready. We're setting them up. They're not, they're not, there are 53 of them, so you can imagine the work that has to be done. To, to get them to uh, work with our curriculum and, and what we want put on. So shout out the city of Long Beach City College. All right. And uh, we are going to be sending them a plaque of appreciation on behalf of our school and our church uh, for their generosity and, and thanking them for uh, what they've done. What a blessing. Amen that uh, we've received. So I wanted to share that with you. And, um, you know, we're looking forward to seeing what, how that's going to impact our kids and help them. Praise the Lord. All right. So uh, let me get on with, with the closing out this series. We started over the last couple of weeks, Allies with God, Allies with God. And we talked about the benefits, the securities, uh, and the freedoms and privileges that come to you and I as Christians, as the people of God, when we are in an alliance with God, when we ally ourselves uh, with God, who he is, and what he has to offer to us. It's important that we understood that because many Christians live below uh, the benefits that God wants them to experience in their lives. They live below, below the, the provisions that God wants to provide them with and the understanding through God's word that uh, they are, are, are the children of God. And as children of God, when they align themselves with God, there is nothing that we cannot go through that will keep us down. 
And because of lack of knowledge, the Word of God says, my people perish. And what I've tried to do is to lay a foundation to, 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 to make you maybe get a little thirsty, to want to invest and, and, and investigate more in the Word of God than maybe you have been concerning God's promises, God's provisions, the freedom that he has to offer us as his people and the protections that come along with being an ally with God because we are the weaker uh, party in this alliance and God is the stronger party in this alliance. And when we stand with God, God stands with us and he's there for us whenever we need him. It's called a covenant relationship, an agreement that when we enter into, we step into all that God has for us as his people. And so last week, or the uh, first week, I spoke about uh, being an ally with God and God's promises and his faithfulness in keeping his word and his promises to you and I. And it's upon his promises that we can build our lives, upon his promises that we can stand when the enemy comes against us. And then last week, I spoke about God's guidance. As an ally with God, God says that I will lead you, and I will guide you in, in, in ways that will bring blessing to your life and provision and protection. And I will lead you into destiny. I will lead you down the path that will uh, cause you to experience uh, the best that God has for our lives. And so it's so important that we understand that God is faithful in his word, his promises, and uh, when he leads us, he never leads us astray. He never brings us to a place uh, uh, where we're, we, we are lost, because when we turn to him in his word, there'll always be direction for our lives. This morning, I want to close out uh, this series, Allies with God, uh, out of the book of Second Chronicles in chapter 20. Second Chronicles chapter 20. And as uh, you turn there, so will I. And we're going to be uh, starting there in verse uh, 14. And I entitled this uh, message, Our Battle. Allies with God, Our battle. Because we understand that we're involved in spiritual warfare as Ephesians chapter 6 and in verse 12 describes. It's a spiritual battle, a spiritual warfare in which there are a lot of battles because when there are wars, it's just not one battle and the war is over. There are many battles that, that you and I are going to face in our lifetime as we serve the Lord. And in Ephesians 6 and verse 12, it says that we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against flesh, uh, not, uh, against powers, and against the rulers of darkness of this age, and against wickedness in heavenly places. And so uh, Paul gives us understanding and insight 
into the spiritual warfare that we're involved in and the battles that we're going to have to face. But because we are an ally with God, I want to tell you something. The Bible tells us that we already have the victory in this spiritual warfare. And in Christ Jesus, through the Son of God, we have the victory every single day as we stand and trust in Him for our security. And so in Second Chronicles, we uh, have a story of King Jehoshaphat and Judah as they're preparing to fight uh, the, the enemies uh, that are going to be coming against them. Let's read there in Second Chronicles chapter 20, starting with verse 14. And the man of God has is, is, is been praying and seeking God, and the Spirit of the Lord has come upon him. And uh, let's just uh, jump down to uh, verse 15 there. He said, Listen, King Jehoshaphat and all who live in Judah and Jerusalem, this is what the Lord says to you. Do not be afraid or discouraged because of this vast army, for the battle is not yours, but God's. Tomorrow, march down against them, for they will be climbing up by the pass of Ziz, and you will find them at the end of the gorge in the desert of Jeruel. You will not have to fight this battle. Take up your positions, stand firm, and see the deliverance of the Lord uh, will give you. Judah and Jerusalem, do not be afraid, do not be discouraged, go out to face them tomorrow, and the Lord will be with you. Jehoshaphat bowed down with his face to the ground, and all the people of Judah and Jerusalem fell down in worship before the Lord. And then some Levites from the Kohathites and the Korites stood up and praised the Lord, the God of Israel, with a very loud voice. And then again, early in the morning, they left for the desert of Tekoa. And as they set out, Jehoshaphat stood and said, Listen to me, Judah and people of Jerusalem. Have faith in the Lord your God, and you will be upheld. Have faith in his prophets, and you will be successful. Let me read verse 21, because this is what I was talking about when I first uh, uh, opened the service. After consulting with the people, Jehoshaphat appointed men to sing to the Lord and to praise him for the splendor of his holiness as they went out at the head of the army, saying, Give thanks to the Lord, for his love endures forever. Man, that's exciting this morning. Because as you can see, before they got into that position of where they were going to supposedly get into battle, they sang and they worshiped and they bowed down and gave praise to God. You see how important it is for you and I to, to never think that when we come to church, you know, and, and we, it's, it's time for worship, that it's just not a time to give you, give you space to, to do what you have to do to come in to hear the word of God. That when we start church and we begin to worship, that we are preparing for battle. 
that we are entreating the Lord and, and coming before him in praise and adoration and giving thanks to him uh, and saying, God, we know you are with us uh, and we need you here today to help us uh, through the battles that we're going to be facing. And that's the power and the importance uh, of worship and of praise. What an opportunity that we have when we come to worship and to praise. And uh, there the man of God is speaking to Jehoshaphat. And he's giving him instruction as to how he's supposed to prepare for this battle that he's going to be in. Number one, in verse 15 he says, I don't want you to be afraid. Don't let fear begin to dominate your thinking, your life. Or, or your, your, your whole process of who you are. You know, fear is a terrible thing to be controlled by. It's a terrible thing to have dominate our existence in life. And as I was preparing this, and, you know, I've gone over some things that I preached in the past, and I was looking at, at between 20 and 2021. 20, 2020 and 21, and I was looking up some of the greatest fears that, that people have here in the United States, and I printed out a list of them, and you have a, uh, a slide up there that kind of talks about the overall fears. Number one, the f number one fear is uh, loved ones dying. The second is loved ones becoming seriously ill. Number three, mass shootings. Number four, not having enough money for retirement. Number five, terrorism. Number six, government corruption. Number seven, becoming terminally ill. Number eight, hate crimes. Number nine, high medical bills. Number 10, widespread civil unrest. And I'm sure there are probably maybe some that, that I haven't covered that maybe you have experienced or may be experiencing in your life right now that have been tormenting you that have been overshadowing your, your, your thinking and have somewhat taken control of your life. Even as a Christian, I can't imagine living in this world and, and, and not having Jesus Christ as uh, your Lord and Savior, how you would even think about dealing with these, these issues, these fears, let alone having to work through them in, in your life, seemingly impossible, but yet with Jesus Christ, the Son of God, at our side and uh, there with us by his Father, God the Father, we can face any fear, any torment strategy the enemy will want to throw at us simply because he stands with us. And this is why as Jehoshaphat and Judah and the people of Jerusalem are getting preparing to fight the battle, he says, number one thing in your life, don't be afraid because fear will stop you from moving forward. Someone said fear tolerated results in faith that is contaminated. Because when we allow fear to dominate our life, we begin to doubt 
God's word, God's promises. We begin to doubt that God is leading us in the right direction. But if I do this, I'm not sure. That's, that's how it starts, if it's going to work out. I, if, if, if I go ahead and commit to this, then I'm not sure uh, uh, it's, it's going to be okay. And it starts with fear. You see, this morning we need to understand, and this is what the prophet was speaking to Israel, Jehoshaphat, and the people of Judah about. Fear will never conquer our enemy. Fear will never change your circumstances. The only thing that will change your circumstances is the word of God and placing your trust in God's word. That's the only thing uh, that will give you strength to face what it is uh, that will come against you in your life as a Christian man or woman. In your battle that you will be facing, it is God's promise to you concerning his uh, being there with you at all times. Isaiah chapter 41 and verse 10. Fear not, for I am with you. Do you believe that here this morning? In Isaiah 41 and verse 13, he says, Fear not, for I will help you. Do you believe that this morning? Many times, I know in my life, I felt helpless over certain situations. Have you been there? When you face something and something's there, just write there and say, how in the world is this going to work out? How am I going to get through this? And when I have those thoughts, I can always turn to the Word of God, and God says, don't worry about it. I'm going to help you through it. I'm going to see you through it. You see, when you, you are facing a, an attitude of helplessness, uh, put your trust in God. In Isaiah chapter 43, and in verse 1, again, God says, Fear not, for I have saved you, redeemed you, bought you out of the, the place of slavery, so to speak. I have called you by your name, and you belong to me. Wow. You see, we are the, the people of God, and it's the devil's job to want to strike fear into our lives when we face a spiritual battle, any situation that seems unfavorable. But I'll tell you, my God will always be there because I belong to him. I am an ally with him. He is my protector, my strength, and I've got nothing to fear about. I know we're human. And I know fear is something that, that, you know, we're human and we can sense that. But we do not have to let it rule or control our lives. Do not let it overpower or overshadow your walk with Christ or anything you face. Through the 45, 6 years I've been serving God, I guarantee you, through the ups and the downs and the backs and the forwards, God has always been there. He has never let me, my family down, and he, he's not going to start now. And it's the same for you here today. Luke 12, 7, fear not, because you are of more value than any sparrow. And he's talking about why are you afraid of what you're going to eat or drink or wear or what's going to go on tomorrow. He says, you're more valuable than one of these sparrows that fall out of the sky. And I take notice. 
How much more will I see what you're going through in your life? Because you belong to me. The Word of God is truth for you and I to build our lives upon. And when fear comes to dominate, you shoot right back at the devil with the Word of God. That's why you need God's Word in your life. 2 Timothy 1.7, For God has not given us a spirit of timidity or fear, of fearlessness, but a power of love and discipline or a sound mind. When the devil wants to mess with your mind, when the devil wants to strike you in your thinking and say, I can't make it, I'll never make it, uh, you stand in the power of God and say, yes, I can, because in Jesus Christ, uh, I can do all things, because uh, he's going to strengthen my life. Don't be afraid. And he says something that sounds similar, but it's different when he says there, and don't be dismayed. When you're in the middle of that battle, the word dismayed means to be discouraged, because that's what fear wants to do, doesn't it? It wants to discourage you. It means don't be downcast, downtrodden, dis distressed, or overwhelmed. And that's what he says, look, you're going to be facing the enemy. And they may be, look stronger than you are. They may have more numbers uh, than you do. But don't let that fear begin to discourage you or cause you to lose faith. Don't be stressed out. In Isaiah 41, he says, because I am your God. In chapter 49 of Isaiah, verse 23, he says, Then you will know I am the Lord. Those who hope in me will not be disappointed. When you place your hope and your trust in Jesus Christ, he will never disappoint you. That's what being dismayed is all about. When you're dismayed, you're, you're downcast and you're disappointed about a certain situation about a certain circumstance in your life. And what, what the man of God is saying to King Jehoshaphat and to the people of God is that don't be discouraged by what you feel or see or think because uh, he says, I am your God. The battle, he said, isn't yours. Too many times we try to fight these spiritual battles with our own comprehension and understanding. God says, this is not your fight, it's my fight. I think about David and Goliath. And as David is standing before the Philistines and their hero, Goliath, he says these words, in 1 Samuel chapter 17 and in verse 47, because some of you are facing giants. Uh, that song we sing uh, that, you know, I may not face Goliath, but I've got my own giants. Uh, uh, you might have some giants here this morning. 
that you're facing. You might have some giants that seem to, to overwhelm you and seem bigger than life that you're wondering, how in the world am I going to defeat this giant? And you need to do what David said in, in this, this verse here. He said, in all this assembly shall know that the Lord saves not with sword and spear, for the battle is the Lord's, and he will give you into our hands. You see, David was telling the Philistines and uh, Goliath, you think just because we're here with our armor, everybody has their swords and their shields, uh, and you guys are much bigger than us, that that, that is going to scare us and that or me, and, and that's going to discourage me from trusting God? No, nah, because God doesn't need swords uh, and spears to fight battles. Uh, he just needs the Holy Ghost uh, and someone who will stand in faith and believe for the victory, and he will win uh, the battle for us. You see, this morning, as we're going to be looking in further into the battle that uh, uh, Jehoshaphat and his army was going to face, they didn't have to lift a sword. They didn't have to lift a shield. They just stood there. And how exciting is that this morning? See, you need to realize this morning, it's not in your knowledge, your success, your, your wisdom, or your talents, or gifts, or your swords, or your spears, if you will, that is going to win you the battle but it's going to be God standing there for you, in your place, with you, who is going to win the battle in your life. What giant are you facing today? I think about Gideon in the book of Judges, chapters number 6 and in verse 15 and 16. As Gideon... And the people of Israel have been stripped of their weaponry. And all they've been given are, are tools to plow the fields and to work the fields. No swords, no spears, nothing. And Gideon understands that. And, and there's an army there. And God's speaking to Gideon. And Gideon is crying out to God. And he says, but Lord, Gideon asks, how can I save Israel? My clan is the weakest in Manasseh, and I am the least in my family. Kind of like David. He was the least of his brothers, the youngest of his brothers, a shepherd boy. He wasn't a, a soldier like his brothers. He was the least. But how many know God delights in using the least to confound the best? Hallelujah. Think about us here today. The world may look at us as, ah, you're only Christians, or you're only someone that used to be like this, but now because you have God, uh, you know what? What good does that do? I'll tell you what good it does. Uh, it makes us uh, the children of God and an ally with God, and we can face whatever the world wants to throw at us, just like Gideon. And listen to the rest of what God said. And the Lord answered, I will be with you and you will strike down all the Midianites together. And we know the story. 
God gave him victory, even if they were the least, uh, and the other ones were, were so, so, so big and outnumbered, it didn't matter to God. See, this morning when Satan lies to you that you are too weak, don't have enough money, you are too sick, you, you, you just don't have what it takes, you're not smart enough, you don't have this or the other, you look the devil in the face and say, that's right, I don't, but I know somebody who is, uh, and his name uh, is Jesus Christ, uh, my ally, and he's going to defeat you, devil. You see, that's the mindset. It's the way we think. We got to get our, our, our stinking thinking out of the way. Our, our, the, sometimes we put ourselves down. And we belittle ourselves. Build yourself up in the knowledge and the power of the Word of God through Jesus Christ, your ally. And understand who you are as a Christian in this crazy world. That's who you are. And that's what the man of God was telling Jehoshaphat, the king, uh, and the rest of them. God is on your side, uh, and don't you worry about it. Uh, the battle is not yours. 2 Corinthians 12, Paul writes in verse 9. He says, My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. And so I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses so that Christ's power may rest on me. And Paul said, yeah, I know I'm weak. I know I can't do everything by myself, and I don't have all that, I, that it takes to defeat the devil. But guaranteed, I'll tell you what I do have. When I am weak, that's when God's power is made stronger in my life. And the devil knows that. Don't let your, your inabilities... Those things that maybe you're not good at, the devil lies to you about. Those things that you maybe have failed at in your life, and the devil throws them in your faith, face. You stand back in the Word of God. Say, yeah, you're right, devil. I'm weak. You're right. I don't have the strength, but my God does, and his power is stronger in me than you who are in the world. That's, that's a mindset today that will keep you going for. For, for years until the Lord comes back. It is possible to stay saved, young person. It is possible to be a Christian, young man, young lady, in this crazy world when everything is thrown at you about this and the other and this is what's real and this is what's not. You stand in the Word of God. And the Word of God will see you through, and you will come out on the winning side. No matter what you see, no matter what you feel or think, it's what God says. And you know, just like any war, there may be some battles that we're not going to be successful in. You ever been there? Amen. We're human. There's some battles that we're just going to struggle in. But that doesn't mean that you quit. That doesn't mean you throw in the towel. What it means is you get back, and you get back into God's Word and say, boy, that one caught me, but this time I'm going to be ready. And that brings me to my next point. Position yourself and stand still. That's what he said. In verse 17, 
He said, set yourself. Position, get position and be still. I think when I, when I read that, I think about, you know, I know football season's over. I love football, I love baseball. I love a lot of sports. But football is, is really something that catches my attention because, you know, when, when they're lined up there and the ball is there and the center has the ball in his hands, and, you know, you see them all, and, I mean, they're down. And they're just... They're not, they're not, they don't have no happy faces. Right? I mean, they got their ugliest, meanest, growliest look on their face, and, and, and they're waiting for the quarterback. And they're down, and they're set in their positions, and everybody's running around doing this other stuff, and then they know when to stop. And they're set, and they're ready for what's going to come against them. And if somebody moves when they shouldn't, Penalty. False start. You get penalized. See, that's exactly what happens to us. When we don't listen to what God says, when he says, be still, get set, and be still. Because when we move outside of, as I mentioned last, last week, of God's timing, when, uh, aside from when God speaks and tells us when to move, we're going to get penalized in life. We're going to lose out on some things that God wants to give us. We're going to go take some steps back in our walk with Christ simply because we didn't listen to what God says. And here, the man of God is telling Jehoshaphat, listen, just be ready. Don't, don't jump the gun because God's going to be doing some crazy things uh, and you're going to have to watch him do it. And so what we need to do as the people of God is take our place Where? Right there on that line, the front lines. Be prepared to always do the work of God. Position yourself and be ready for battle, just like Nehemiah was as they were rebuilding those walls and the enemy was mocking them and making fun of them and blah, 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 and letting them know that they were weak and they, yeah, a fox runs up against the wall, it's going to fall down, and what you're doing is a waste of time. You ever have the devil tell you you're wasting your time? You ever tell the devil, tell you, yeah, you know, what you do doesn't matter. It doesn't make any difference. But Nehemiah understood that he got those uh, men that were there working with him. Uh, they had the trowel on one hand, and they had their sword in the other because they were ready for battle. They were there aware. And that's what God is saying uh, through you and I this morning. Be still, he says. And then he goes on, and know that I am God. Get set. Stay in your position. Don't run away. Face the enemy. And I love when those football players are there, and they're facing they looking around and shh, you know, uh, you know, hey, how's it going? Got you. Head straight, face forward. You're a child of God. You have to be afraid. Whatever the devil throws at you, he lost already. And it's just a mind game. It's a strategy of the enemy. Stand with confidence because God is with us at all times. And when we do that, he will be there to fight our battles. They didn't run from the battle. They didn't hide from the enemy, but they did. They set themselves 
on the front lines. I like the title that my wife has for the day, Frontline Women, right? Women on the front lines. How many know we need men on the front lines? There you go. We got some men in this place. We need some men on the front lines. Do we have any men on the front lines this morning? On the front line, ready to do battle, set, ready, facing whatever is going to come against us as a church, as a ministry, and against your family. Standing there, I'm here. You're going to have to get through me, devil, before you get to, to, to my family. Because just like those, those linemen, sorry, but they are linemen, not line persons, not line people. They're line men. And until they get a girl in there, a real girl, they're lying men. And their job is to do what? Protect whom? Quarterback. Guy who has the ball. And that's what your job is as a frontline man, is to protect your family, protect your children, to stand on the front lines, listen to God's word, stand and be still, and know that God will be there with you. Don't be afraid. Rise up and tell people who you serve. We see Moses at the Red Sea, and he told the same thing. I spoke about that last week. Different scripture in Exodus chapter 14 and verse 13, because the people were afraid. And Moses answered the people, don't be afraid, stand firm, and you will see the deliverance of the Lord uh, and what he will bring to you today. You, the Egyptian you see today, you'll never see again. The Lord will fight for you. You only need to do what? Be still. Stand firm in the things of God. Get set. Be ready, and God will work miracles uh, in your life. And that causes you, is my next point, to the media team will come up, the worship team. You can face the enemy with confidence, with boldness. I don't come with timidity and fear as a Christian, live my life always looking over my shoulders. Uh -uh. I, I face forward. And as Paul said, I forget. Those things, I leave them behind me. And I look forward and I look ahead to what God has for me up ahead. That's what we need to do. Face the enemy with confidence. He says in verse 17, Tomorrow, go out against them, for the Lord will be with you. Because God is our ally. He's there with us as we look ahead, not to the right nor to the left, but forward. In this spiritual warfare that we are in, whatever your battle might be today, because I guarantee you there are hundreds of different battles that are taking place in this sanctuary this morning of one kind or another. And when you stand on God's word as an ally with God and you let God fight your battles for you, he will always 
come through for you and you can stand in confidence knowing that the Lord will be with you. In Isaiah 55, chapter 55 and verse 11, so shall my word be that goes forth out of my mouth. God says, it shall not return unto me empty or void, but it will accomplish that which I please, and it will prosper in the thing wherever I send it to. God's word never comes back empty, folks. And when you stand upon God's word, and you set yourself in God's word, and you are still and know that He is God, you can never fail. God will never allow you to fail when you stand in His uh, righteousness. Battle after battle, God's people always stood in confidence in God's word. And the last thing is that when you do all these things that we spoke about, you can stand and watch God at work. You know, I love to see people who are, are doing specific things and they're working at different skills. I love to watch them. When they make things, you know, the glass blowers, the, the jewelers, the things, the way they fashion things, the pottery. I love to see that because in the end, it, it comes out. It doesn't look like it at the beginning, but at the end, it, it's fascinating how they were able to achieve what they did with just this, this mass of nothingness. And for you and I here this morning, in our battle, whatever that might be here for you today, the man of God says to Jehoshaphat, see the salvation of the Lord. You see, God works miracles when we stand still and focus on Him and allow Him to be God, our ally. Miracles begin to happen on our behalf. Second Chronicles chapter 22 or 20 and verse 22. As they began to sing there again and praise the Lord and praise, the Lord set ambushes against the men of Ammon and Moab and Mount Seir who were invading Judah and they were defeated. The men of Ammon and Moab rose up against the men from Mount Seir to destroy and annihilate them. After they finished slaughtering the men from Seir, they helped to destroy one another. God brought chaos into that battlefield. God got the enemy crazy, not knowing what they were doing, and they started killing each other. Isn't that a miracle? Isn't that something? And when you think about it, there are things that you're going to go through that God's going to do that you're going to wonder, how in the world did that happen? I didn't lift a finger. I didn't do a thing. Someone was sharing with me uh, the other day how they were behind in rent and uh, they didn't have the money to pay the rent. They were a month behind. And, and he, he said, he came to the landlord and he said, okay, I got, you know, I got my money now and I owe you for two months. The landlord looked and he said, I only see one month. He said, well, no, I know there's two months. He says, no, but my books only show one month. The building was sold, and so they must have took the paperwork. So you only owe one month. Praise God for that. 
right? I mean, here we are, didn't have to lift a finger. God works miracles when you let him fight your battles, when you trust him, when you still and know that he is the Lord. Put your trust in him in Hebrews 13, 5 and 6. God says, never will I leave you, never will I forsake you. So we say with confidence, the Lord is my helper. I will not be afraid. What can man do to me? What can man do to me? As we bow our heads for a few moments and close our eyes,